Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Steve Curran. We're a video game radio show. We've been doing this for 15 years or something like that. And we are back, back, back. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. Simon, I think we should start this show with an apology. Why change? I know that last show uh, I finished by saying these words, see you next week. But it's not next week, is it, Simon? No, we had a summer, didn't we? Uh, nominally, it was no, it was called summer. Uh, it didn't really feel like it weather-wise, did it? Mm, it didn't at all. A lot of rain. I didn't know that we were going on our um, our summer holidays at the end of last show, so it came as something of a surprise to me when Resonance said, yeah, sling your hooks, we're closing the studio, and we'll see you in uh, four to five weeks. But we're back. Did you not notice my cosy in the background of the last <laughs> one? It was all ready to go with the bucket and spade. I was, I was, uh, I was desperate to get out and go uh, on, my, on, on my summer holes. I did wonder why you were in the in the hot tub, uh, but I just thought it was keeping keeping with the running joke, well, what I thought was a joke, of uh, you having a hot tub. Turns out, no, we were all off on holiday. Uh, but now we're back, and a lot has happened in the last you know month, hasn't it, Simon? It really has happened, Steve. We, we, um, we unintentionally left it on a cliffhanger, didn't we? I was waiting did for we? a job offer. That's right, of course. And I'm sure, um, should we come back to that later in the show? It's up to you. Yeah, no, let's. Let's string out the tension a little bit longer. What, are you going to offer me a job on air? <laughs> How have you been apart from work? Yes, very good, actually. I've had a lovely few weeks. Um, many of them spent uh, not in full-time employment. Um, so that's been good. Uh, I, I'm a little stressed this weekend. Uh, first show back. Uh, we're recording it a little later than we normally would do because my wife's away um, and she's left me literally holding the baby and um, a 13-year-old who I've had to entertain all weekend on my own. Um, Dexter, fine, right? You know, I've, I've barely seen him. He's come out to tell me now and again how good he is at Fortnite, um, <laughs> how better than me he is at Resident Evil 8. 
Um, but with a three-year-old, it's just constant, isn't it? It's constant, constant, constant uh, entertainment and stimulation. And I was, you know, knowing that uh, we were trying to steal some time uh, to record the show this evening. I've done my very, very best to tire her out. Uh, mm. Today, we've been running all around the place playing hide-and-seek. I always knew where she was, uh, but I would <laughs> pretend that I didn't. Um and yeah, you know, what is it? It's just coming up to eight o'clock now on Sunday night. And uh, we started n- negotiations at 10 to 7, a little earlier than we normally would do. And for a moment, you know, I, th- I thought it was going to be OK. We have a um, a ring camera in her bedroom, which we're able to to look at. That's what I'm looking at at the moment, just to check she's still there. She is. She's not asleep. Um, but, you know, once once the stories have been read... Uh, and uh, the kisses and the cuddles have been done, uh, then begins a, begins a period, usually where I uh, then retreat to uh, Mine and Kate's bedroom uh, and I lie on the bed just praying that she's going to sleep and not sort of bark out a series of problems that she invents, uh, you know, just to stay up. Or see horrors like, you know, like I did on Friday where I was looking at the ring camera and um, I could see that she'd started to go to the, to the toilet um, although she wasn't where she should be to go to the toilet, so <laughs> that that was a mad. Da- I mean, it, just imagine see, like knowing that was happening through a black and white camera as well. It was. Uh, but this evening, um, uh, we've had various incidents. Actually, uh, there were complaints about how um, I let the duvet hang over the back of the bed. But the most surprising to me was that Doggy, um, this uh, teddy bear dog that we bought from Hitchin Market a few weeks ago, um, she came out of the bedroom and announced that it had been throwing blood at her. Wow. Yep. So um, I, I mean I don't know what I don't know what that's about. And anyway, so I so I was you know what you have to do with these sort of problems is find a solution. So I said, oh okay, um, I don't know why he's been doing that. Shall I shall I take him out of the room so that he doesn't do it again? Then and she went. Um, actually, it was Batman. Oh wow! Yes. What a twist. Uh, well, yeah, I know. Uh, so Batman um, is now out of the room, and I am staring at her at the moment. Uh, she's still not asleep. So hopefully, we will be able to record. You know, a peek behind the curtain. This is the second time we started the show, Steve, isn't it? <laughs> because I've already had to run back in uh, where she was complaining about her feet being cold because of the way that I put the duvet on the bed. Final thing my daughter said to me tonight before she uh, went to bed, well, hopefully went to bed. She's two and a half, so a little younger than your daughter. Uh, final thing she said to me was, I love you, my actual dad. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there we go. That's a way to find out, isn't it? I suppose. (laughs) Don't have kids. That's my advice to everybody. So uh, we are a video game radio show. Uh, If this is your first time listening to One Life Left, uh, please join us for this ride where we sometimes talk about video games. We will have the news coming up in a moment. We will have some reviews. Have you been playing games over the last five weeks? I have, Steve. Don't you worry about that. Okay, good. Me too. We'll have some reviews. We'll have some letters, assuming we can... Uh, assuming we can dust off the mailbag and find some Uh, and we'll have a couple of chip tunes as well which I will pick from the archive and uh, drop in after the show after we finish recording the show but I guess uh, do you think it's time to start with the news Simon? Uh, She's not asleep uh, so uh, you know we could be interrupted at any moment but um, let's give it a go
Okay. Um, how many news stories have you picked out this time? Well, I've got um, four that we can do. I mean, I'm not saying that they're all good, but they are, you know, stories. Okay, I've got a couple, so you should start, I think. From videogameschronicle.com, news on the 2nd of September, three days ago. The Games Master TV reboot has started looking for contestants. The upcoming reboot of classic TV show Games Master has started looking for contestants, writes Chris Scullion. A thread named... Channel 4 video game show casting call was posted on Game Facts on Tuesday from a user called Albert Bancole, but was quickly deleted by a moderator. Bancole, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. He also posted a similar thread on Rolmux, stating that Channel 4 and FutureNet are casting for a new video game show set to be broadcasting on Channel 4. The thread included a casting call advert looking for contestants for the show. Uh, have you seen this advert, Steve? Well, I was going to say I have not. I have seen you posting about it on the One Life Left Discord. So uh, I, I was not surprised that you chose this as your first news story. Well, I should add, uh, we'll continue with the news story, that it says, although the ad doesn't specifically say the show is Games Master, it's posted by Future Publishing, which owns the rights to games to the Games Master name on behalf of Channel 4, which it was revealed earlier this year is rebooting the series. Ba, 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 ba. So there we go. Uh, the uh, sorry, the reason why I asked whether you'd seen the advert is it's the most uninspiring combination of texts and colours I think I've seen in some time. Um, it says uh, in a nondescript font, uh, white text on a blue background, do you love video games? <laughs> uh, video games, two words uh, for fans of um, that particular uh, conundrum. Would you like to take on a gaming challenge? They're in caps, that's why I'm shouting. On a TV show. I mean, they should be in caps anyway, should know, so probably shouldn't shout. Um, we're looking for gamers who are up for showcasing their skills on a huge landmark video gaming TV series for a major UK broadcaster. Whether your favourite game is retro or the latest AAA, whether you're a seasoned pro or total noob, spell N E W B. Then we want to hear from you. Hold on, that's not how you spell noob. It's not. No, that's a new way of spelling noob. That's how. So they're they're how... demonstrating that they're total noobs. Exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, if you're interested in taking part, email videogamescasting at futurenet.com. Huh. Uh, and there's some small text that I don't know. I'm not going to bother reading out now. So, um, I mean, look. If your job is to find contestants for video games, uh, for a video game, a series on video games, um, is that the way you go about it? Is it, Steve? Or would you perhaps go through, uh, you know, the, the 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 many textbooks on video games and culture and and and, and history, and perhaps turn to page one hundred and six of the sensible software read-only memory <laughs> book. Um, is it 106? I had to, I had to, I had to you know, I had genuinely forgotten. Um, uh, but, and I hadn't realised this actually, Steve, that um, because I am mentioned in there, uh, I'm actually in uh, the, um, blah, 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 in the index. I don't think I've been in an index before. It says... Does uh, it say Byron Simon? But, but it does. Byron, comma, Simon, comma, 107. Uh, yeah, so you would uh, you would flick to page one hundred and seven and just you know there, in. I mean, it's black and white, isn't it? It's slightly faded, grey and white. So Simon's uh, holding up the uh, page to our zoom camera right yeah. now. 
where it says that uh, they've they've held the sensible soccer World Cup twice. Uh, the first. Um, the first year, the final was between Zap64's Phil King, representing Denmark, and Jason Dutton from ST Action as Germany. Phil won 2-1 to become the first ever Sensible Soccer World Champion. We did it again a year later, and Simon Byron, editor of The One at the time, won as England. And then Dominic goes on and moans about how he thinks he would have beat me, but he didn't. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Just, you know, just let you know. Uh, whilst I am in full-time employment, uh, I could spare time, I think... Uh, to write some Games Master wrongs. <laughs> Would I be brave enough to go on it again, do you think, after what happened last time? I don't know. So, uh, you know, uh, regular listeners will be aware that Simon Simon has been historically wronged by Games Master, but was <laughs> a regular presenter. Your first TV break um, back in the day. So I'm assuming from all of this, you haven't emailed them. I mean, should I email them? I mean, that feels a bit... I mean, should I... That feels a bit degrading, Steve. I mean, that implies that they don't know. Mm. Mm. You want to know degrading? I do. So I... So I... I had a tweet the other day. I'm gonna, you had I'm a tweet? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's degrading enough to be on Twitter. Okay. But I received an at uh, to my at Steers Here account. And it said this, I don't know if you saw this, Simon, it said, at Steers Here, Hi, Stee, I'm a producer for ITV's Good Morning Britain. Could you give me a follow back so I can message you about an inquiry, please? Thanks. Whoa. And that's from Owen Thompson, at OT Journalism. Well, I mean, the clue's in the name there, isn't it? What have they got on you? <laughs> I mean, that, that doesn't sound like a guest feature, does it? It sounds like journalism. Well, I was... You know, I was worried if they'd found out about Marioki or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, the first thing I did was... Well, the first thing I did was cast my mind back to when I used to do this sort of stuff semi-regularly. I was on some kind of, I guess, uh, database, and they stopped using me after once uh, they called me up and asked me to... I can't remember passionately defend a violent video game. And I said, I didn't really want to do that. And they said, do you have any friends who would? Uh, who and did you say? called me again. Speak, said, no, of course. Speak I'm friends with people who do that. Anyway, so uh, I thought, well, I'm back on the list. I'm back in the game. I thought it might be interesting to to be on the couch talking about something. What, to Piers Morgan? He's off it, obviously. So that that that, that was a joke of mine. I, I I know that Richard Bacon's co-hosting it at the moment. So I had a look who else he DM'd. Oh, he started by messaging it's Julia Hardy. Okay, from the uh, from the Top Gear gaming show, among many others. Yep. Then Bluey RL, who is a professional Rocket League player. Okay. Yep. Don't know. Have you ever heard heard of Bluey RL? I mean, again, the, the clues in the title, isn't it? So <laughs> he really wanted to be good at Call of Duty, but that 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 had already gone. Then messaged Brammers, Tom Bramwell. Then he okay. messaged Timothy D. Clark. Then Ellie Gibson. Then Alicia Judge. Then um, uh, then he messaged Will Freeman as well. Right. Anyway, I could go on. There were eight people. All of them were more important than I. Uh, by the time I'd seen this, I'd already messaged him and said, uh, you know. You know, maybe he never replied. I mean, that is degrading, isn't it? But then, you know, 
what number would I have been, Steve? <laughs> Is he, was he still on page 105, maybe, of the book? And he hadn't got to that bit yet. <laughs> anyway, that uh, that's great news about Games Master. If anyone from Games Master wants to get in touch, either of us would love to help out. What would you play, Steve? Um, I would play Luminous. It's the only game I'd play on TV because it's the only one I would be fairly sure I wouldn't embarrass myself at. What would you play? Sensible Soccer. Of course you would. Didn't I beat you at that? Nope. Okay. Good to know. Thanks for, clear- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. All right. Uh, I want to do a new story. Can I do a new story? Please do. Informal one, um, but long-time listeners to the show will know that when we do the new section, uh, Simon often calls his stories from Eurogamer.net, sometimes VG247. I go straight for Gama Sutra. Ooh, do you now? Well, no more. No, no. Can't do that anymore because Gama Sutra has been (laughs) cancelled. I mean, we all knew it was coming, didn't we? Chris is too handsome. To have not. <laughs> Is that- no, we, we've been friends with Gama Sutra for a very long time. Um, and uh, we do the GDC podcast with them, uh, the Game Developers Conference. And it is a good time. Uh, but I think it's fair to say that Gama Sutra have had, a, have had issues with their own branding for a while. The name Gama Sutra is not something that feels appropriate for the industry-leading uh, professional website. And so, uh, for a while, they've been talking about rebranding, and they've only gone and done it. Gama Sutra is no more. Uh, now we will be stealing our news. The joy of games. <laughs> is, is it that? Gamedeveloper.com. Poor Chris Graff. Game Hub. In chief of, uh, actually, I think he's promoted now. I think Alyssa McAloon who we once got accused of radicalising, uh, is now the editor-in-chief of Gama Sutra, so well done to her. But, uh, Chris, I did... Feel for all of the jokes like that that he was receiving. Was he after this? Yeah, for sure. Because I also thought of tweeting them at him. Didn't held back. Uh, the branding's great. Uh, the new site looks super, super professional. It's it's gorgeous, and I think they've done absolutely the right thing on there. Does that mean uh, we can we do something with Gamma Sutra now or not? Like, can we cause trouble with it? Thought about that too. Okay, but I think we shouldn't. On balance. <laughs> I think we shouldn't. Uh, yeah, so well done to everyone there for, for that. Videogameschronicle.com writes Chris Scullion again. He's busy, isn't he, Chris? Uh, that um, uh, the Pro Evolution Soccer successor, eFootball, launches with this month with friendlies and nine teams. Konami has announced that eFootball will launch later this month with nine teams to choose from. The free-to-play successor to the Pro Evolution Soccer series will be, re- be released on September the 30th and will only have the option to play friendly matches locally or online. The first major update will then follow in autumn and will be free to download. According to Konami, when the game launches, the following nine teams will be available. Arsenal, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Corinthians, Flamengo, Juventus, Manchester United, River Plate, Sao Paulo. There will be six stadiums to choose from. Players can choose to play against AI or a friend or fly. They can play online with a cross-generation matchmaking. Uh, the autumn update will also include the following new modes, uh, and it goes into you know what you can expect from uh, the update, which is presumably when they should be actually launching the game, rather than with nine teams and six stadiums. <laughs> um, uh, but it was this quote that caught my eye uh, because um, uh, the game will have three currencies. All right, e-football coins, 
which are premium, eFootball points, which are earned through gameplay, and also GP, which is also earned through gameplay. Now, you know, um, I think that they've got a pretty tough job anyway uh, with this. Just because it's free to play doesn't mean that um, you're going to see uh, loads of people playing it. You know, uh, they're launching against FIFA, which is well established, has all the official stuff. Um, you know, sure, people will try it, but, you know, launching with such a limited... Um, feature set and content just seems really strange to me but you know what they're doing is they're promising that this e-football this e-sport you know we can all play together um you know without having to 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 uh to to buy fifa every year um but you know listen to this quote which i think you know really does sell uh the dream of e-football and um you know the the promise that it will hold according to konami the autumn update will also add the game's monetization model, which it claims will be rebalanced to ensure that all players can reach the same potential regardless of how they acquire in-game items. I mean, what sort of joyless sentence is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I'm really looking forward to the uh, monetization model being rebalanced. And like, has anybody ever said that sentence before? No, no. Yeah, I, I, I feel for them a little. So is Prover dead now? I think it is. Yeah, now, now it's eFootball. Right. Okay. So they've been slowly slipping in the fight against FIFA, and that game has been that it's been done for several years now, right? Like, and I, I suppose it was either stop doing this or sidestep, and their sidestep has been uh, to rebrand and to go for a different monetization model which they're more excited about than mm. anybody else i guess they are vulnerable on two fronts one is that like you say there's no guarantee that people will play this anyway um and fifa is so dominant in that space with all of the official things that when you play these games kind of that's what you want right you want to play for your team not play of one of nine teams that aren't yours and in six stadiums but I, I guess the other thing is, I, I'm wondering, given how how much money FIFA Ultimate Team pulls in, like how how uh, you know lucrative that is, it probably doesn't hit EA much to just say, okay, if if this starts working for Konami, then EA can take their thing free to play as well. Yeah, there's been some speculation for a while that the Ultimate Team side of things might might indeed do that um mm. i mean crikey uh you know I, I can't imagine how much it costs for to get all of those licenses etc etc mm. um yeah i so i, I, I don't know but uh, yeah fifa's won for or has been the winner for, for 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 years um you know i always used to smile whenever i'd see the uh new version of pro evolution soccer um, whenever it was uh, they'd come to announce it um, all the sort of marketing blurb would always list like a uh, would, would always be like a list of apologies for the previous version it'd go, <laughs> oh, Pez is Pez 2010 improved network functionality more licensed teams oh okay cool <laughs> he didn't say this on the last one did you mm. dodgy network functionality so some licensed teams and some unofficial ones. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't see this working, Steve. Can you? No, I can't. Uh, the news story I've picked up on is is I think it's super super interesting. It's from Eurogamer, written by Wesley Yin Pool, updated 
on the 5th of September 2021. Uh, Halo 3's new alternate universe armour sparks skin... Sorry, skins spark realism debate, and the memes have begun. Um, So Halo 3, which... I don't really know was an ongoing thing. Did you know that? No. No, I had no idea. Season 8 of the Master Chief Collection. What they've done is they've suddenly gone, okay, I guess they've put loads of content into this season by season, and maybe they've run out of options. So they've dropped these new skins uh, for players to wear and use, and they're a bit weird. They're based on uh, Greek and Norse mythology. So they're explaining this by saying it exists in a Halo alternate universe. And this has, you know, really annoyed some of the player base because the player base are invested in Halo's universe and they don't think that this stuff fits there. When did Halo 3 come out? Years and years ago. It must be... I don't know. I'm going to Google that now. Uh, Halo 3 came out in 2007... Um, but this is based on the Master Chief collection, uh, which came out in 2014, um, but perhaps more recently on PC. Well, uh, literally news to me, that one, Steve, so thank you for that. You're um, uh, Video Games Chronicle also writes, it's Andy Robinson stepped in, said, I'll take this uh, on August the 31st at 7.46pm. <sighs> Uh, so this was immediately after um, the Dead Space uh, video presentation. Did you watch it, Steve? I did not, no. Okay. Well, this will be news to you then, and I think you're going to be pretty excited about what... The, so are you, you're a fan of Dead Space? Have you have you played, played it much? I don't know. In theory, I've never actually played it, but it's one of those things that, a bit like um, Mass Effect, which I also haven't played, so many people have around me that I feel like I've absorbed enough about it that, sure... I've played it. Okay. I haven't. Uh, well, um, you're probably the wrong person to ask this, but you're the only person here. So uh, if you were to reboot it, what, what what would be the headline feature, would you say, that you would hang your your marketing off of? Um, well, it's scary, isn't it? Isn't it? So... I've got to put you out of your misery, Steve. And I could okay. do that by peeling your skin off because, uh, <laughs> actually, uh, the headline is the Dead Space reboot will introduce a new dynamic flesh-peeling system. <laughs> uh, Motive Studio would reveal the new details in Dead Space and reboot's combat story and mechanics in a live stream held on Tuesday. The Montreal-based EA studio showed a first early look at the gameplay, including the first glimpse at its take on Dead Space's iconic dismemberance system. Uh, hmm. The PC, PS5, Xbox Series XS reboot will introduce a new peeling body damage system motive revealed, which builds on top of the original dismemberment by dynamically removing the flesh from enemies' bodies. Oh, fantastic. That's, this, that's great. I know. This means that cutting-type weapons now require more precision and skill in order to dismember limbs, as in the as in the original, because players must first peel the flesh from a limb, thus exposing the bone, and then hit the same spot again in order to knock it off. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, I think I would struggle to defend that on the Good Morning Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good. Right, good, good. I don't think I'll be playing that, thanks. No, me neither. Thanks, video games. Have you got any more? Nah. That's it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Simon. One life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry. 
listening to one life left on resonance 104.4 fm we're a video game radio show we're just getting back into the swing of things after our wonderful summer holidays in the background you can hear a piece of chiptune music i can't tell you right now what that is because we are pre-recording the show um, and i will drop that piece of music in later but it is brilliant like i wouldn't have put it there if it wasn't if you want to know what it is we will put the name of it in the show notes uh, which you can find at www.onelifeleft.com where they have been kindly written and prepared by our under caretaker Phil thank you very much for that uh, she's. I think she's asleep, Steve. It's great news. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you can hear the uh, chip tunes behind us. Maybe it's still going. Maybe it's not. Uh, I'm a bit worried about this hum, that, which may or may not be present uh, in my recording. Now, I thought over the summer, I thought I'd use my time wisely, that I'd investigate what it was that was interfering with the audio other than my inept uh, vocals. And I was certain that I'd figured it out, Steve. It was the new mini fridge I'd got in here, you, <laughs> wasn't it? That was humming. And what I was like, oh, was. brilliant. I'll turn, I turned it off mm. uh, before the show and there's still something humming. So yeah, I don't know about that. I'm sorry. Of course, uh, the most exciting thing to happen over our summer break was that I got to visit your shed. You did. I welcomed you into the shed. Uh, yeah, it's mm. nice to see you. It's lovely to see you too. You made my daughter cry. Hooray! Uh, I didn't mean to. She didn't like the car journey. Um, And then it was quite exciting because uh, for the first time, well, for the first time while they've been capable of independent thought, our daughters met each other, didn't they? Yes, they, and they mostly got on. I mean, certainly... They did, mostly. Get on the next generation of One Life Left. (laughs) We um, listeners, we we walked our daughters up to my shed, and we and we stood behind them. We both put our hands on their shoulders, and we said, <laughs> "One day, all of this will be yours." Yeah, but who's going to do the news? I don't know, actually. Um, I mean, I wouldn't trust my daughter, given the lies she's been coming up with, um, in order to eke out a few more minutes of being awake. 
Mm. So, I mean, same with mine as well. So we'll have to work on that problem. Mm. Right. Shall we get on with the letters? Do we have any letters? Well, we have, we have one in the, um, in the old. Oh, we have two in the mailbag on Discord, which I can do. But I assume, given that we didn't announce our departure, yeah, that we may have had a, a couple in the. Um, it's difficult to see, isn't it? Because um, uh, Gamescom happened uh, while we were off, mm. so we've got loads of spam. Press releases. Mm, okay, well, let me read. You have a look through that. Oh, so read out yeah, well, I was looking. I just realised I didn't email Sam back about me oh, leaving no. Curve. Right, I should do that. Sorry, Sam, I will email you. I will read out this message uh, from a friend of the show, Weasel Spoon. Hello, team, and maybe SSG. The other day, I watched a professional wrestler play track and field on the internet, and every time he made it to a new event, he would immediately fail and spend the next few minutes looking for guidance on what to do. What old games are utterly impenetrable without the manual? Pip Pip Roberts. Well, you've got presumably some opinions on this, because I can see uh, in the background of our video chat, I can see your arcade machine yep. right there. I know you've been working your way through some of the classics. I have, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've got, uh, you know, I, I've got some friends that are younger than me. They're, they are adults, um, but the arcade machine defaults to my favourites, and they are just... Mm really old um <laughs> and so they go oh hasn't it got this on it oh, yeah it has got this on this but you know it's showing you frogger galaxian pac-man uh mm. burger time um uh, scramble obviously um bah, 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 other bits and bobs but uh weasel spoon's right of course isn't he that very few of them actually well i suppose that they didn't really care that you didn't know what you were doing because you had to put more money in in order to sort of work it out for yourself but um yeah probably um uh the only way that you would learn was from the attract mode and certainly on track and field then it 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 it, it doesn't give you the hints and tips it just shows mm. some mustachioed men running uh now and again but um what if i played that i didn't fully understand um I went back and played Space Panic. Uh, if you again, I forget where I. It's an arcade machine I played when I was young, so you know mm-hmm. everything was in black and white then. And it's um, it's a platform game where you dig holes and then fill them back in in order to um, clear the screen of enemies. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 unforgiving. I don't know how anybody got good. Well, only the rich must have got good at it. Uh, having having figured that out, but yeah, uh, very very harsh way of throwing you in. I would have been straight on the internet had they had it. Then uh, looking for hints and tips on that for sure. I think there's a lot of games from uh, the 80s and 90s where this applies because, well, t- <laughs> I, I know that's true from the 1980s because um, I uh, played a lot of pirated video games back then, which I, I think the statute of limitations has passed on that um so i think it's fine for me to admit that and if it's not i didn't do it anyway. <laughs> they were given to me by uh, my uncle who was a police officer so it's <laughs> fine 
as I understand it. Uh, and some of them were completely impenetrable because you you know you didn't know what you were doing. You just loaded them up, and there were no tutorials back then. And again, that continued into the nineties. Not my piracy, of course. As soon as I knew right from wrong, I went legit. But back in the in, in the nineties, what you used to get with boxes of games or uh, you know big boxes on the PC, but even PlayStation games had manuals, right? Uh, in the CD cover, they had reasonably thick manuals explaining all of the keys, explaining what you had to do, which in many cases you actually had to read. And that's just not okay now. I mean, not least because most distribution is digital, but everything has to have a tutorial. Everything has to explain what it is within the package. So I think like a, a surprising number of video games that you would play, uh, things that you'd consider quite mainstream would actually end up being really, really bewildering because you'd spend at least the first 20 minutes just hammering around on the keyboard to try and find the key to open the inventory uh, and manipulate items and there's still a chance that when you've done that you miss a completely important key that is functional to uh, the core mechanic so yeah uh, I think a lot of things have been uh, have been have been rendered hard to use by the lack of uh, manuals there was um, uh, somebody was uh, I'm not sure if you saw the, the uh, Ferrari this uh, this week about Sonic Colors Ultimate on Switch, um, which was um, uh, shown uh, over the internet that uh, it was full of glitches and bugs and uh, yeah, just all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't expect from a commercially released game in uh, mm. 2021. Um, and it transpired that uh, mo- <laughs> the original video uh, was actually a pirated version <laughs> running running on an emulator. Um, oh, now, wow. that's not to say that the game itself doesn't have problems, but I think the original footage that everyone's like, oh, this is awful, somebody was somebody run a pirated version. So, uh, yeah, you know, don't, uh, don't believe everything you see on the internet, Steve. Dear Team and Sayonara Summer Games. Right, CJC, Chris Conroy. I may be late for the show, but here goes. Owing to pesky time differences, I watched more triathlon events in the Olympics than anything else, and they mostly turned out to be interesting and action-packed finals. What three video game events would make up the One Life Left triathlon? You're catching up quickly, correspondent Chris Conroy. That is a great question, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm not... I thought, when reading this a couple of minutes ago, I thought my instinct was, well, I'd have to pick one, and you'd have to pick one, and then we'd have to find one that we both agree on. So I've already mentioned that I'd I'd obviously pick an action puzzle game like Luminez, uh, something that I'd be fairly confident that I could set a decent score in. What about you? Oh, so you think that the inventor of the triathlon picked those three sports because they were good at them? Absolutely not. I think that if I was inventing the triathlon, I would manipulate it thus. Uh, but I'm immoral. Fair enough. Um, I would... Well, what games am I... Go- I'm really struggling with Days Gone at the moment, Steve. Um, well, Sensible Soccer. Well, I haven't played that for ages. And it's true. <laughs> no, because I'm pretty sure I beat you the last time. Uh, um that said, though, I watched Cockneys versus Zombies this uh, weekend with Dexter, and I mentioned it to my wife, who, as we know, is away, and she said, yeah, we watched that. So um, <laughs> apparently I'd seen it before. Apparently I'd seen it before. So maybe we did, Steve, maybe we didn't. But in my mind, we didn't. 
Um, but uh, yeah, no, I would put um, I put track and field in there. Okay, because we didn't play that when we were when I came around. I was waiting for you to invite me. Oh well, I, I, it's such a difficult one to do because I don't want to sh- think that I'm dragging you into the shed just to beat you at long jump. But I would do. I was expecting that. I've even lo- I, I've even made the well, qualifiers the easier for you. <laughs> right. Um, uh, okay. So, okay. Right. So what you've got there is an action puzzle game mm-hmm. or a puzzle game, and you've got an action, you know, short twitch reaction game. Yeah. So what's the third one then? What goes with that? It's got. A, I, I think the thing about the triathlon, right? So the tri- triathlon, you've got running and you've got um, cycling and, and the got other swimming, one. right? Yeah, <laughs> and the other one. They're all pretty pure events, right? They're all quite simple. You've got the one with the legs, the one with the wheels, and the one with the water. But humans so, don't have wheels. So how did cycling get in there? <laughs> I don't know. Well, presumably the inventor of the triathlon was just good at bikes, okay, right? Okay. Uh, so in video games, what 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 you've are got hands? Related? You've got eyes and you've got mouth. Sing okay. star. Okay, there we go. So uh, hands, eyes, and mouth. Sing star. What do you? Um, we could say puzzles to do with looking and yeah, track and fields to do with hands. There, perfect. There we well go. done. Thanks, Chris. Did you find any letters? I didn't know. Okay, well, thanks for your correspondence, everybody. Sorry if we missed your letter. Just resend it. Just forward it to the address if we did. Uh, that address is... Team at onelifeleft.com Of course, you can also write to us on our Discord and you can find the invite to the Discord channel in the show notes at www.onelifeleft.com Here's another piece of music. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are recording from two separate locations at the moment. Simon is in... Where are you, Simon? I'm in my shed in Hertfordshire. And I 
I'm at my parents' house in Lancashire. What are you doing up there, Steve? I'm visiting my parents. It'd be <laughs> breaking and entering, Simon. Uh, I'm in, I'm in uh, beautiful St Anne's. Uh, you'll never guess what I did earlier today. You watched the cricket? I didn't. I wasn't Ooh. able to watch the cricket because I was on the beach. I was at St Anne's Kite Festival. Wow! Mm. Did, uh, did you? And was that your destination, or did you stumble across it? No, well, we knew it was going to be this weekend, and that's why we uh, planned our visit for this weekend. Um, have you have you ever flown a kite? Of course I've flown a kite, Steve. Okay, sorry. Like, I thought it was a reasonable question. Who uh, hasn't flown a kite really well? I, I can... F- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Richard Herring has got a list of emergency questions that he does that he just sort of falls back on that are that are supposed to be conversation start or like first date questions. Have you ever flown a kite? Yes. <laughs> Next. I've just I've known you for a while. I thought it was time we broached this. So it went well. You found it easy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's okay. all its all about the... Um, well, I mean, of course it depends what sort of kite you're flying, Steve, doesn't it? Mm. If you've got like a child's triangular one, then that's, that's all about the sort about running with it and getting it up in the air. And then once it's up there, there's not a huge amount that you, that you need to do with it. If it's, I don't know, a reasonably expensive one that you bought in Brighton once, it's a stunt kite one that you can't, that, you know, that you always need to be pulling left and right so you're doing your loops and loops, then, you know, that's a different challenge altogether. But mm. I would like to think that I'm pretty handy at a, any sort of kite. Well, I've never flown a kite, and that hasn't changed. No, I know. I just haven't. And that hasn't changed today. We're just looking at kites. Did no one ever offer you the chance to fly a kite in all these years? I don't think so. I I don't recall turning it down, at least. And I would... Simon, I would have jumped at the chance. What else have you not done? (laughs) Maybe... Maybe maybe we should... um, Maybe we should make this a regular feature from now on. Things Steve hasn't done week on week. Um, Did you go outside when you were younger? <laughs> no, I was, I was playing video games, Simon. Are your parents honest. there now, actually? We can get to the bottom of this. <laughs> go and ask them <laughs> right now. Did I ever fly a kite? What have you, you done? You must have I've flown a kite. everything. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Uh, all right, talking of which, uh, it's time for Simon Byron's Fast Five. Okay. Simon, uh, five games involving flying objects. Flight simulator. Very good. <laughs> uh, Dave Perry made a, a remote control helicopter game once, didn't he? Uh, um, Probably, that's two. Uh, flying objects. There's a... Um... No, there aren't any. <laughs> what about um, what about that one that's just been announced? It's going to be re-released on the eleventh of the eleventh. Oh, Skyrim. Skyrim. That's got flying things. Is it? Oh, dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking real things, though. The helicopters aren't real, Simon. <laughs> uh, okay. Should we should we move on to review, Steve? Yeah, let's do it. All right, what have you been playing this month? I've played a lot, Steve. Um, I'm going to group. I'm going to group some together, actually, uh, if that's okay. Um, I surprisingly spent uh, a lot of time playing some narrative-based video games this yeah. summer. Um, it oh started with uh, Last Stop, 
um, which was, uh, which is an Annapurna uh, PC Game Pass game, um, in which uh, you play um, three characters whose stories are intertwined, and uh, they are joined by the fact that, uh, well, the menu screen you see the three of them sat in the same tube carriage. You choose which one you're going to play. Uh, and then off you go, uh, playing a series of often very, very short episodes, five, ten minutes. Uh, and I say play, uh, you know, they are reasonably uh, straightforward, linear adventure games. Uh, very few uh, clear choices to be made in them. It's um, it's basically an episode of Doctor Who. Um uh, but I found it really, really uh, compulsive, more so than I do actual Doctor Who these days, where um, it's set in London, and it's got, it's got a really lovely representation of London with its red buses and cityscapes and stuff like that, and, and uh, slang. Um, the story by the sort of fifth or sixth act veers off into... Um, an area that it probably doesn't need to go to, but ultimately kept me playing. I got through to the credits. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Seven out of ten. I also played uh, Road ninety six, um, which is a is another uh, narrative game. Uh, this one themed around a road trip in which you play uh, a character who is uh, making it uh, to the border of a country. Uh, which is ruled by a dictator, um, and you do that by um, uh, meeting people along the way and, and making decisions which will influence the story. Um, each sort of run uh, probably takes, I don't know, an hour, two hours or what have you to actually get to the border. And it's really nicely made in that um, being a road trip, it shows you how far it is to get to the destination. Getting over the border itself is actually uh, pretty tense. Uh, but once you've done that once, it shows you some characters that you've met um, and you know that there's more to uh, to the story that you can replay by, by uh, making another road trip to the border. Um, it's procedurally generated. I, I, I'm not I'm not I haven't played it enough to fully understand exactly everything that is that is going on, but it's really intriguing. It's beautifully done. Uh, it does feel like the choices matter um, and uh, yeah some genuinely uh, sort of, uh, tense and uh, challenging moments uh, within it where you know that whatever you do now is going to have a much much longer term impact in the world of the game but also um, in terms of what the characters can do uh, yeah thoroughly enjoyed it I've, uh, I've, I've completed a couple of runs and I'm looking forward to doing some more 7 out of 10 and then I also played 12 Minutes. Now, 12 Minutes was a game that I was really, really looking forward to um, since I saw it announced as part of one of the Microsoft showcases. Again, it's an Annapurna game, so you automatically expect it's going to be very good. And the premise of this one is that it was um, a an adventure game where uh, you are stuck in a 12-minute loop uh, where um, you return home, uh, you uh, interact with your wife, which, you know, I think gives you an insight into how romantic I am in the real life. <laughs> when I, that's how I describe my relationship with, with my wife. I, I interact with her. Um, so you, uh, she, she tells you that she's, that she's pregnant, spoiler alert. Um, and then uh, there's a knock on the door. A policeman comes in and uh, there's a struggle. He asks some questions you know nothing about. And he murders your 
does he murder your, your wife or does he murder you first? I can't remember who it is first. Um, anyway, it doesn't go well. Uh, and then, but once that happens, you start the 12 minute loop again. And the idea here is that um, you are tasked with uh, working out exactly what is going on here. Now, I love that premise, right? You know, t- time loop uh, or interactive time loop is something that only games can do. Um, some games have done them very well. You look at well, it's like... the only thing that it's kind of the only video game that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because in video games, you just replay the same moments and over and over and over again. Right. So there's that and the waking up with amnesia thing, which again is exactly what every video game is. You're in this character's body and you've no idea what's happened to you before. Both of those plot lines fit games perfectly. Yeah, and I guess you know, um, use use x on y is another video game trope and boy don't they abuse it in 12 minutes and so <laughs> actually what you've got is um a uh, this pre- this wonderful premise you know so you've got three central characters um i think there are only maybe three or four rooms that the game takes place in and this endless 12 minute loop you know oh, this is really interesting the problem with it is is that um uh, you can only get, you know, whereas you look at something like Last Stop, which is, you know, wholly linear. You, you actually, as 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 far as I know, you know, you can't mess up in, in Last Stop, right? It's a story that they're telling you. You look at something like Road 96, which is pulling elements of procedure generated into this idea of a road trip and meeting characters along the way and choices that matter. And again, that's brilliant. And 12 minutes is a point and click adventure wrapped up in this in this 12 uh, minute loop, whereby every loop that you do is um, needs to be to a strict time and order as dictated by the designer and that if you mm. if you get one thing wrong you 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 can't re, you know you, you what you have to do is get to the end of that loop now sure you can skip dialogue or what have you but you have to end up with you dying or your wife dying or something like that so you could start it again and then try and brute force a solution that if you have mm. not done in exactly the right order again uh, will involve you having to like something going wrong and then you then having to die again to start all over again and it's so cumbersome and boring um <laughs> I, I, i'd gone from um like this was genuinely my most anticipated game um uh, of the year like i pre i <laughs> i mean it has been since flight, flight simulator i've tried to play a game early and you know I, I mean it was it was it was longer than 12 minutes but it wasn't much longer where i started to go oh, okay Mm. This isn't as good as it thinks it is, and I've, I've, you know, knowing that I will never finish it, I have gone on and read um, what uh, the plot and synopsis is, and it is rubbish. <laughs> Do not bother. <laughs> Seven out of ten. I should also mention I played Monsters Expedition finally on Switch, and and you know, often um, I find that people when they love game, like everybody loves a game, and I go and play it, and I go, oh, that's not very yeah. good. But you were all right about Monsters Expedition. It is good. one of one of the best designed, uh, loveliest uh, puzzle game I've played in ages. Uh, seven out of ten, isn't it? Have you finished it? No. <laughs> it's, it's it's. I mean, there's no rush to, and it's just charming, and, mm. and you can keep going back to it. It's great. Uh, I played Tetris Effect. Okay. Tetris Effect connected. Um, finally came out on Steam. It is absolutely brilliant. It's everything I wanted it to be. It is... Well, it did crash after three levels. I didn't want that. Um, but that seems to be some weird virtual desktop incompatibility. When I played it just on my TV, it didn't crash. 
Um, it is a cross between Luminez and Tetris. It's evidently designed by Mitsuguchi right down to the slightly bad music in it <laughs> that, that feels really personal. It feels like listening to his CD collection or something, which is the same as Luminous. You recognise the same instruments, the same artists, and some of it is, yeah, I think is bad. The game is great. There are some brilliant, I think, really clever new modes in it. Uh, the presentation's fantastic. I haven't really got involved with the connected stuff, mostly because I'm scared that I'm not as good at Tetris as I think I am. In fact, having seen people on Awesome Games Done Quick play it, I know I'm not that great at Tetris. Um, but it is fantastic, and it's become my I don't know what to play, oh, I'll just play a little bit of Tetris uh, thing, just as I guess a version of Tetris has been every few years for me for uh, my life, basically. So that's good. Um, I played Glitch Punk um, on PC. I meant Have to mention that, that as well, yes. I found it far too difficult. Um, I played it i wanted to love it i think there's a space for a cyberpunk versus early gta thing i think that pitch is great um it has terrible support for joypads like it's basically non-functional and i get i I think i assume it's in early access or something but even so that's pretty much the first thing you should put in a game like that i persevered through the first mission and then turned it off because i thought if you don't care about me, I don't care about you. Um, and most of all, Simon, most excitingly of all, I played Demio with you. It did. We're going to have to come back to this, Steve. You've seen the time. It is too late to talk about Demio. So we'll talk about that next um, next show, by which time I hopefully I'll have played it again with you because I really enjoyed it. No spoilers. We haven't talked about your job either. No, next week. I will come back to Glitchpunk as well, because I do think it's been updated a few times. We should play some more. We've got to go. Fine, we'll go. Uh, but thank you for that, Simon. It's been really, really good talking to you again. Indeed. Right, go fly kites. All right, I will do. And for everyone else, sorry, thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.